Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. We are in a new series called Made for More. Made for More. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, you're made for more. Yeah, why don't you look at your other neighbor and say, I haven't forgotten about you either. You are made for more. Save the best for last, right? Well, um, without getting too far ahead of myself today, I find that often we can go through life thinking small things about who we think we can be and who we think that we are, especially when we look back on the things we've pursued. Uh, Maybe it was an occupation, a vocation, or a status, but when we read Scripture, we see that not only does God care about those things, but also that we were made for so much more than we thought, that there's a, a bigger picture and purpose in play for our lives than what we often think about ourselves. So over the next uh, few weeks, we are going to be taking a look at what exactly that means, this idea of being made for more. So why don't you you open up your Bibles, your Bible apps. If you need a Bible today, uh, we do have Bibles at the back where Muneer is. Wave your hand, Muneer. Yep. Wave your hand again. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Good to see you. Um, We're going today to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to be starting in in verse 1. Make sure uh, also that you have a bulletin, um, because we're going to be taking notes today, Um, and uh, feel free to go on our Portico app as well. You'll have the notes in there, along with all the information that you need for the week and weeks to come. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, before I read that, um, a few weeks ago, I got a message from Siri uh, on my phone asking if I wanted to update my photo album. Anyone ever had that happen before where Siri's going to organize your photo album for you, right? So um, I can tell there's some people here who have Androids because they're looking at me going, what? Your phone does that for you? Did I just give a pitch to Apple? Okay, okay. So there's this wonderful thing called Siri who gives you... Oh, no. Okay. So Siri offered to organize some of my photos that I had recently taken over the years. And I actually found myself suddenly kind of going down uh, memory lane. I saw pictures of of Rachel and I when we were dating. And... uh, I actually had a jawline, and I saw pictures of our wedding day, and man, she looked amazing. Um, I I saw pictures of our first day at Portico when we were introduced to the church. And then I, I, I saw pictures of the excitement of Rachel and I finding that we were finding out that we were pregnant with our first kid, Noah. And then a year and a half later, finding out we were going to have one more kid in the house. 
only to be surprised that it was two. <laughs> Don't regret that one. Three kids and counting. But in, my, in that moment, I found myself reminiscing about the past. Some of the good things that happened, some of the good things that we had done as a family, and also some of the choices that were made that, mm, you know, maybe it could have been a little bit different, some of the circumstances. And likewise, for many of you in the room, this is that season, whether you have an Apple phone or not, where you start reminiscing about the past. You start over the holidays visiting with family and friends, and, and you start typically you know, talking about some of the things that had happened in the past. You know, Maybe you sit around the table with your family and start telling stories, and there's always that one story that you wish everyone would just let go of and stop talking about. But all of us can have these moments, especially over this season, where when we look at the past, it's crazy to think how far we've come. I'm sure a lot of you would look around, and if you had a moment in just even now to think about just the last year, the last two years, the last five years, ten years, you would be amazed at how far you've come. And in fact, I, I actually think that one of the greatest motivators for moving forward is actually seeing how far you've come. To, to see where you were to where you are today. You know, some of the things we can laugh at now, and, and then there's other things that we will never do again, right? Maybe it's a, a clothing style. Anyone have regrets over clothing style? I see wives pointing at husbands. And yet she still married you. Wow. That is an amazing woman. Maybe it, was, uh, it wasn't clothing styles. Maybe, maybe it was hairstyles. Right? <laughs> I, I, you will never find the pictures, but at one point I had hair down to here. Yeah. I, I also had a, a lower forehead too, so it was... Things have changed in a little bit. Uh, but then there's other choices that we made. Choices we made, circumstances you faced, and seasons you've come out of that have taken a toll on you and your family. Maybe it's something that you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemy. And so maybe for some of you, there have been some serious life changes as a result of seeing the past and wanting to be different in the present. It's a motivator for you to continue moving forward. And in our text today, that's exactly what Paul is trying to do with, with the church of Ephesus. He's, he's writing to this church that's figuring out who their identity is, who they are today. And so what he does is he brings up the past. He's, he's reminding them not only of God's love for them and this desire we see in chapter 1 that they would know the fullness of God's love, but in chapter 2 he takes this spin and he starts talking about their past, where they had come out of. And so we're going to take a trip down memory lane for the church of Ephesus, but also we can personalize it and see that this is our story too. 
starting in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. And all of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And this is an amazing part. Feel free if you got your Bibles or your Bible apps, underline this. This is a huge thing. This is, this is a change for you and I. This literally, these two words change everything. In verse 4, it says, But God, but God is so rich in mercy... And loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point us in all future ages as examples of incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace. He saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Feel free to highlight that too. We are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Paul walks through this progression. He walks through this progression from spiritually dead to, to forgiveness and suddenly to freedom that each one of us can experience. Essentially, Paul is reminding us that your past does not define you. Your past does not define you. Who you were at one point in your life does not mean that is who you are today. Maybe there's someone in this room that needs to hear that today. Who you were at one point in your life does not mean that is who you are today. Ephesians 2, 3, Paul is saying that all of us used to live that way. You notice how he says, used to live that way. All of us used to live that way. Maybe for some of you, it was inherited from your family. There's a family trait. There's, there's something that uh, maybe you experienced in your family when you were a kid and you grown up to just think that this is who you are. This is what you are. Maybe for others in the room, it wasn't a, a family thing that you've inherited. Maybe for others, you got involved with the wrong crowd. People influenced you to do things that you know we're wrong, and as a result, maybe you've been carrying that for some time now. And maybe it was, for others of you, you did something in the spur of the moment without thinking of the consequences, and it severely affected you and those around you. 
Whatever it was, what Paul is getting at, what Paul is reminding us is that sin is a part of all of our pasts, but we don't have to be defined by it. We don't have to be defined by that past. It may be who you were and what you did, but not who you are and what you're doing today. There's a difference that happens. I remember I was pastoring at a church a number of years ago, and there was this young man named Scott that came to our church one day. And Scott came uh, after service. I got talking to Scott, and if you, if you ever met him, he kind of looked like a shell of a man. Like you, you saw a man that was just broken, a man that was just almost empty, and I remember talking to Scott after service one day, and he was telling me about his family, that he had this great upbringing. He, he was just, he, he had wonderful parents, and his siblings were just, you know, really kind and compassionate. They didn't fight in the house, even the, it was three boys, and I was like, you're telling me you three didn't fight. And he was like, we didn't fight. I'm like, don't lie to me, I'm a pastor, <laughs> right? And he's like, I'm seriously, like, we had a great family. We had a great family. And as I got to know Scott more, I realized as he was telling me, you know, but there were things in my life, there were things that I, I started changing in my life. I started making some bad choices in life. I, I got mixed in with the, some of the wrong crowds to, to feel appreciated, to feel uh, a feeling I've never felt before, to feel welcome and, and a place where I belong, even though I, I definitely belonged in my family and with some of my other friends. And he tells, he tells me how suddenly he, he started doing things that he never thought he would do. He started taking drugs, and he started drinking, and he, 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 all these things started taking a hold of his life, and he dropped out of school, and eventually it resulted in him leaving home, and it, it just went on this downward spiral. The kid you knew, you know, the, the, this kid um, that that people would have known was not the man they saw today. He was this man that was just broken. He was a man that couldn't lift his head up because he was so full of shame. And he came to the church and he started hearing this message about Jesus and this message about God's forgiveness and this idea that your past does not define you. And it was almost like clockworks. You could see, if you were looking out into the crowd, you can see him suddenly get this revelation of God's love for him. And he started lifting his head up. Shoulders started getting up. And we did a, a salvation message, and he ended up giving, uh, giving his life to Jesus. And afterwards, he runs up and he tells me what's happened, that, that God has changed his life and the joy on this man's face, I tell you, you could try and stop him from smiling, but it was contagious. It just, every time I saw him every week from then, he had learned more and knew more, and this joy was just oozing out of him. In fact, he was so changed 
by this idea that is passed in to find him, that, that God now has given him a new future. He was so changed by it that his progression into, into the faith, just every week it was growing and growing and growing. He ended up uh, going back to school and finishing and, and getting full-time work, and, and he ended up going to uh, a missions trip. I remember he was coming up. He's like, Pastor, I have no money, but I'm going to Guatemala. And I was like, Cool. So what's the plan? He's like, I don't know. I'm going to Guatemala. I'm like, okay. So we had a missions trip and some people sponsored him. And uh, on Facebook, I remember uh, just seeing some of the pictures of him as he was in Guatemala. And as I was watching, um, I noticed that, you know what, there was, there's all these different people, but there was this one girl that just the entire time was like right beside him. And, and anyways, he comes back and he goes, pastor, I found the one. And I'm like, I can tell, right? I can tell. And he goes, little bit of a setback. I'm like, what's that? He goes, she doesn't speak English. And I'm like, so what do you guys talk about? And he was like, it's okay, I'm learning. And he did. Like, he would come to me every week. I'm like, what you got, Scott? And he would like, tell me this sentence. I'm like, good for you, man. Well, they're married now. They're married now. He's working full time. And you see this change in Scott that literally, it, it, it is so night and day. It's literally like he's gone from death to life. The change that's happened in his life. And rather than being defined by the past, Scott has taken hold of his present reality. He's embracing like what life can be because of what Jesus has done in his life. Jesus has changed Scott's life from death to life and countless others. Many of you in the room can attest to that too. When you look back on who you were to who you are today, he's done the same for you. Christ has transformed your identity. In my, in my family, um, I'll be honest with you, I'm the spender and my wife is the saver. Anyone like that? Man, you're the spender. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. I see we've got some honest men in the room. To be honest, we're both, we're both good with money, but she loves finding deals. It's almost like a hobby for her. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, we'll go out to the store and I'll be like, look, babe. 20% off. She'll look at it and she'll go, should be 25, and walk away, right? She just loves finding these deals. And I keep telling her the only reason I buy nice things is to be fair to the full price items, right? I'm like, hey, I don't want to play favorites, right? Um, but one thing she loves to do is she loves to shop on LetGo, which is basically an online garage sale uh, of things that people want to let go of because it doesn't hold any value to them anymore. So they kind of sell it for really cheap just to get, get rid of it as soon as possible. And my wife loves to go on this app, LetGo, because ultimately she sees value in an object that appears to have no value. You hear that? She, she sees value in an object that appears to have no value to someone else. And that's what God is like with you and I. 
Ephesians 2, 4, it says, But God, in, in his rich mercy and love, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of sin, even though we were dead because of sin, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. God saw value in you when others didn't. Not because we deserve it, but in spite of it because he loves us even willing to go as far to die for us in order to bring us from death to life. And in doing so, you now have been made for more. You have this new calling and purpose in your life. You have a new identity. The old is gone, the new is here. Christ transforms your identity because of the grace and love and mercy of God for you. Before I go any further, before I go any further, when we look at the chapter two, when we look at that, truth is, is we can learn a lot about who we were and who we are now, just from chapter two, just from the, the, the text that we've re read. And for some of you today, this was a reminder, this was a reminder of of you and, and who you are and, and how far you've come. But maybe you're in the room today and for you, this isn't a reminder. Maybe this is a refresher. Maybe this is a call for you saying, you know what, who I am today, I'm not happy with. I try everything of my own strength. I've tried to pursue all these things, but I get nowhere. And I need a fresh start. I need a new identity because my past is really my present and I can't run away from it. And so this is what I want to do with all your heads bowed. No one looking around. And band, if you can come forward. I want to ask you today, if you are here in this room and you would say, Pastor, that's me. I need a fresh start today. I've tried on my own strength. I'm, I'm trying on my own strength and still I feel empty. If that's you today, no one's looking around, no one's watching. I would just ask you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you today. If that's you, please raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. You know what? There's this beautiful thing. You can lower your hands. There's this beautiful thing that happens when we believe in Jesus. The Bible says that when we confess with our, our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we are saved. We become a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. We take on a new identity. An identity that is full of, of Christ in our lives. We live different. We look different. And so I'm going to pray for you today. And I'd ask for those of you in the faith who believe to pray with me and repeat after me. Because we're a family after all. We do this together. Just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you 
for sending your son to die for me. Thank you that I can have new life, a new hope, a fresh start, a new identity because of what you have done in my life. Lord, I give you my life. I believe in you and I make you Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching today. Be sure to check out our other messages on this page, and you can also watch us live online every Sunday morning at 1010 a.m. Don't forget, share your story or send us a prayer request by emailing info at porticocanada.ca. You can also stay connected by liking our Facebook page or following us on Twitter at PorticoCC. 